So here we are, the first Sunday of Christmas. The Christ candle is lit, all four Advent candles are lit, and we have this gospel assigned to this Sunday. Let me tell you how many churches I know that are choosing a different text on this day. We are coming into the room, ready to celebrate, maybe sing a few more Christmas songs. Many of us are still in the midst of our family celebrations, and we hear this story. No offense to Matthew, but it's, you know, not the most uplifting text there is. And to have it on a day where we here at Prince of Peace celebrate two baptisms feels particularly dark. I get the urge to preach something else, anything else, really. I understand it. But here's the thing. Ignoring this gospel is dangerous. Pretending this kind of thing isn't happening all the time, even today, is dangerous. And it's important for us to think theologically about topics that many people would rather leave out of a church service altogether. And in fact, this does actually have something to say on this day, even right after Christmas, even as we baptize Ellie and Bob. Now, I personally find this gospel super interesting. We hear it only every three years, and depending on what day Christmas is, sometimes it takes even longer for this one to come around. And no wonder, it is hard to hear, and it's sad and violent, and really, if you think about it, if you take time to think about what happens, it is quite horrifying. And no matter what year it is, no matter what is happening in the world, it always feels startlingly relevant. And on the heels of a Christmas story where it's all joy and light, this is a shocking contrast. All through the past weeks, through Advent, through Christmas Eve, we've heard yeses from each character in our Christmas story. Mary says yes to growing and birthing and nursing the baby God. Joseph says yes to marrying Mary and losing his upright standing. The shepherds say yes to going to see and welcome the new king. The wise men say yes to following the star to see what it means. Joseph says yes to God and moves his family to another place. But Herod, Herod hears of this new king and he orders a quick and harsh no, not on my watch. There is no welcome there is no fanfare, there is no celebration. Herod's instinct to preserve his power at all costs kicks right in. It would be easier also if Herod were some like crazy madman, but he's not. He was just a powerful king who wanted to stay in power. He ruled through bullying and intimidation and and at the same time he ensured prosperity and built roads and aqueducts and he made the rich richer, so he had a lot of fans. The three wise men stopped by the castle on their way to find Jesus because, you know, that's where you'd expect the new king to arrive, in the castle. And they tell Herod all about the star and the prophecies, and he, of course, handles it real well. The prophecies say this new king is going to rule the world. This new king is going to change everything for the people of God. And so for the leader of the occupying forces, this is not good news. It is good news for the people who are being affected by the regime of Herod, but it is not good news for Herod, and he knows it 
so he acts. He acts truly as anyone afraid of losing power acts, and he orders every male child under the age of two to be killed, you know, just covering all the bases. It's horrifying. Not merry, not peaceful, not joyful at all. But he does not succeed in stealing Christmas, as Katie said. He does not succeed in killing Jesus. Joseph and Mary had taken him and run. Knowing what was about to happen, as was told to them in a dream, Joseph took Mary and Jesus and they fled across the border into Egypt. Jesus, the Son of God, was a refugee. I was happy to preach on this text three years ago. I am happy to preach on it again. Because I don't think we like to think about this. I think it actually makes most of us pretty uncomfortable. We like to think of the birth of Jesus like a warm, happy, glowing Christmas card. Peace on earth, goodwill towards all. Christ comes into the world and he is run out of his own home because of violence and hatred. It is a quick transition for us to make mentally from the soft, warm glow of Christmas to the stark reality of violence and power in the world. And I know, I know, there are a lot of people saying this isn't true. That Jesus is not a refugee because he was born in Bethlehem, and that means he was born in the town of his family, so he's not a refugee. I have read this, and I've heard it, and I've seen it tweeted over and over again, and it is not true. Jesus was not born a refugee. That part is correct. Yes, he certainly was one, though. You only make the argument that Jesus was not a refugee by skipping this part of the story. And like I said, it's dangerous to skip this part of the story. Jesus and his family flee to another country so that he is not killed. Jesus is a refugee, and saying it's not true does not negate the scripture that we have in front of us today. And it matters. It matters that Jesus was a refugee. It matters that refugees can hear themselves in this story. It matters that those who housed and helped and kept Jesus and his family safe in Egypt hear themselves in this story. We hear on Christmas Eve that the good news is for all of us. That includes the refugees and those who help them along the way. A few years ago, there was a poet, a Somali poet, Shire. She wrote a poem. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's very long and it would take a lot of time. Um, but she wrote a poem called Home about what it means to be a refugee. And I know that the word refugee is kind of loaded these days. We've heard it so much uh, in the news. We sort of feel like maybe it's lost its meaning a bit, as things do when we hear them a lot. I think we've also lost a bit of our compassion and our empathy and our call as Christians to do to the least of these what we would do to God. So I invite you to, this morning to listen to this section of the poem. Maybe close your eyes and imagine it from the perspective of Mary and Joseph. Home by Worsenshire. No one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. You only run for the border when you see the whole city running as well. Your neighbors running faster than you, 
The boy you went to school with who kissed you dizzy behind the old tin factory is holding a gun bigger than his body. You only leave home when home won't let you stay. For now, forget about pride. Your survival is more important. I want to go home, but home is the mouth of a shark. Home is the barrel of the gun, and no one would leave home unless home chased you to the shore, unless home tells you to leave what you could not leave behind. No one leaves home unless home is a voice in your ear saying, leave, run now. This is the world Christ is born into, that God is born into, a vulnerable baby, And this is important. This is still the world Christ is born into. When we gather and celebrate Christ coming into the world, we can all acknowledge that even today the world is not warm and peaceful and glowing like a Christmas card. The world today is still broken and still angry and still fearful. There are still leaders holding on to power and fearful of the light of the world that has come to banish the darkness. So then what do we do with this story? How do we, as people of faith, bridge the gap between our Christmas celebrations and baptisms and the stark reality of a broken world? See, that is why I find this gospel so interesting. It is a reminder that God does not leave us alone. It is a reminder that God does not enter a perfect world or wait for the world to be perfect before God enters. God comes to us right in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the fear and the violence and the hatred. Yes, it starts on Christmas Eve as we hold up our candles and sing Silent Night, but it doesn't stop there. One of my favorite preaching professors, Caroline Lewis, wrote about this text, and I want to just close with what she said. She said, Christmas doesn't take away the possibility or the potential of a broken heart. It purposefully takes it on. God is our Savior in all of our distress. While the angels announce the birth of God, it is no mere messenger that saves us. It is God's very presence. We heard this in Isaiah. God's love redeems. God's love lifts us up. God's love carries us all our days. God promises to be present in those in-between times when wonder gives way to actuality, when simplicity fades away to complexity, and when joy seems to be overshadowed by that which seeks to steal away the joy. The promise of this text is God's presence and God's power when the powers of our world, sin and death, try so very hard to convince us of God's absence. Mary and Joseph knew better, and so do we. From a manger to a respite to a safe place found in the land that once held the slaves to a quiet town in Galilee. There God is. That is the promise of Christmas. That promise, I think, 
is how we can proclaim Emmanuel, God with us. Even on this day, even as violence hits our country again and again, that promise is what we will celebrate as we gather around the font, as we listen to God name and claim Bob and Ellie as beloved children. That is what we claim when we say God is with us. We mean God is with you. No matter what, even now, even in this, God is with us. So we witnessed two baptisms, but there's plenty of water up here. And you know, it's got that little Jordan River water in it. So you might want to come up and remind yourself of the promises made to you in your baptism. Come on up, splash around a little, uh, put a cross on your forehead, and remind yourself that that promise means Emmanuel. That is what that means. God goes with you. God doesn't stay here. Christmas goes with us, out into the world. And that is what we claim, that is what we name, that is what we state clearly every time we gather around the font. So come forward, mark a cross on your own head, and remind yourself that God goes with you into a world that is not always the most joyful, and yet needs the light that we bring with us. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord. <laughs>